Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, we got 22 days till the tour starts. 22 days until the tour starts. Uh, yeah, how's it going? Three weeks, man. Woo. Way more excited. Way more excited now. Way more excited. I was super listed. I was. I know we'll talk about it, but uh, there was just some magic in listening to Trey play that electric guitar over the weekend live. You know, that's all I'm gonna say. I have a lot. I have some thoughts on that Oysterhead gig. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's the most recent thing that's been dominating the headlines. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit. I want to back it up a little bit and jump into what I really hope isn't the last, but maybe the last for a little while, uh, dinner and a movie. Um, oh my God, you're yeah, right. I know. That was like months ago. It's a busy week. It's been a busy week. Uh, a yeah. lot of content to consume. And that was, uh, that, that kind of kicked it off after we recorded last last Tuesday. So um, yeah. I really enjoyed that. I think that might be up there as one of my favorites for a few reasons. What did you think? Um, oh, Dude, so but this is this is what struck me. Uh, this is I always I always I always record my initial reactions and then I always go back and rewatch. So I, I've I've at least watched everything at least twice and listened to the show at least twice. Uh, initial reactions were how much I loved seeing the audience. Yes, I thought it was incredible watching people get down, have a good time. I love the horn player, especially the one time when he was just rocking out there on the trampolines. Like you actually got, you know, a, a visual sense yep. for what would happen uh, at these shows. And I was absolutely dumbfounded. And I didn't think that it was possible how much this band improved from like 91 to like 94. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. I was blown away. Yeah. No, I agree. It's it's uh, so. First, your thought on uh, on the fans, the the crowd, the audience, the the converting fans. You could see people getting converted there, and, and discovering fish there, and 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 the ebbs and flows of the music, and and the dancing of the crowd, and the daylight. It was just, uh, I really really liked that. It was like it was like stepping into a time machine in a weird sort of connection, in a weird sort of way. I would highly recommend it to anybody. Uh, to get on a Netflix and watch Apollo 11. Uh, have you had a chance to watch that yet? I think so. So if you haven't, I'll quickly describe it for anybody that might be interested. It's a um, documentary about the original moon landing, or you know, like the first moon landing, Apollo 11, but it doesn't have a typical documentary feel in that. There aren't talking heads, there aren't experts jumping in, and there aren't narratives. There's nothing like that. It's actual real footage from the day before the launch, right up through the mission until they come back to Earth. And it's cleaned up HD footage that looks great. And there's these really cool shots on launch day of all the people that gathered to watch this shuttle launch and the clothing. It was like being put into a time portal. And although the footage in Dinner in a Movie wasn't quite as crisp in, in this ultra 4K resolution, it was awesome to see the style, the the gathering, the, just just all of it. I thought it was uh, really, really neat, really neat, especially knowing where the band is now, where they took off from from there. Um, 
And that's what those days were all about, gaining an audience, playing to slightly bigger crowds, gigging all the time and working their asses off. It was, uh, it was cool, really enjoyed what, it. Uh, what stood out music-wise? Uh, David Bowie, always, just seeing the, seeing, the, seeing the crowd get into it and back and forth and discover it, like that for me was just like, oh, that's just how it goes, you know? Um, uh, I really like the, uh, I love the bathtub gin with the horns. I love that jam. That was like out of nowhere and so weird and so awesome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is that on the app yet have they put that show i will check i don't think they have uh, I mean, it the official release right but i'm gonna i'm gonna open the app and i'll uh i'll have a look right now that's got to get on there so i guess potentially the next dinner in a movie could potentially be a, a show from the tour that's free i just um a, a lot of people are asking for 728 to be free it's the yeah, first of the tour i doubt it will be why would they do that the 19th is on here, but uh, that show's not on here. Right, right. Um, one day. It'll probably show up there. Just randomly one day it'll drop. hope so. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get a live show. I mean, um, we're definitely going to buy one, if not, or a few. But uh, it'd be great to get a free one this summer to do another dinner movie theme type of an event and get all the fans rallied around it. But they might not need to. We're selling tickets, so. Sell the tickets, man. Like, good for them. You know, like, let's get, uh, let's get, I'm more than happy to give them my money. I'm in. I'm going to pay whatever it costs to, to watch the tour, and away we go. There we go. Okay. Um, new live release, 112796. Pretty dirty. Um, okay, man. <laughs> you compare, right? It's just interesting. Like, you compare and contrast because the 91 show, I was still breaking it down and thinking about it. Um, and then you hear 96 and you're just like, oh man, it's different. Anything from 96, you're just winning. You know, any, you can play literally any date, probably any show and, and it's just outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true between late 95, all the way up through 98, 99. I mean, that, that's, that's, I think that's universally agreed as peak, peak, peak live fish. Um, is, do you remember a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about how I had kind of at times fallen out of love with down with disease and then there was a version that kind of came back up to get me back yeah. into it. Um, I will say there's nothing like a mid nineties down with, down with disease. They're, they're, they're completely different from 3.0. Like, you know, um, what, uh, what stood out musically? I mean, the obvious was the, was the, was the tweezer into mm -hmm. sweet, sweet emotion into back to down with disease. That was obviously the highlight of the show. So let's just yeah. move that aside, but what else stuck out? Son of a mule, man. I am. I, I think it's got something to do with what you brought up with Rochelle. Since then, uh, what is it? Bader Meinhof, I think, is what we talked about. I, I'm, I'm confirming that. Every time I listen to it, I enjoy that song more and more. And I keep thinking back to that time that we chatted about that. So with the little Brady Bunch uh, <laughs> thing that was in there. Um, and I, I just... Love, I love the... Uh, sorry to interrupt you. I love the... Uh... I love the mid nineties cause Trey would play percussion. I love the free jam when it gets all weird and dissonant. I love that. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, really, really good. I mean, I, I hope, I hope we see more of that era, you know, fall of fall of 96 is almost sort of like not washed over, but you don't hear a lot about fall of 96 and there's no doubt some really, really great shows there. They were hammering them out. So um, yeah, I'd like to see more from that time period. That's for sure. Um, 
shifting gears a little bit, I haven't listened to the newest and last episode that dropped today of Alive Again, but the first three are out. When we recorded last week, I had only listened to the first two. Yeah. I listened to the third episode on the way into work after. Yeah. It was almost like our conversation last week was a preview for the third episode. Everything we were talking about was basically captured in that third episode when they were talking about just how he really is great. He is in trade, getting the best out of everybody, a team player, not a me guy, very much a we guy. And um, yeah, that really, really came through. Any other standouts from that episode for you that you... Uh, so um, it's interesting. I, I really, really enjoyed the, like, I really enjoyed the first episode and I found myself getting more bored as, uh, because it, here's, and here's why. I, I feel like I'm getting more bored because it feels like it's the same thing being repeated over and over again. Yeah. Right? Like they've, like they've established Trey Anastasio's character, which by the way, if you just listen to the music, you can, this is what's amazing about him is he's so authentic that you can hear that personality in the music like it just comes out in the way the song sounds yeah. you know in his ability not to improvise just with the guitar but his way to improvise everything in life like when shit doesn't go his way he's an improviser he just kind of rolls with the punches mm -hmm. but then i found like the other episodes were all just applications of that to the various different projects yeah and i found it kind of like i was like i i i, I got it like i i, I grasp you know i i understand and I, I don't know i was losing my interest as it as it kept going Gotcha. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the fourth episode has to say about it. I, I got you there. It, it probably could have been more of like a good 90 minute to 100 minute meaty podcast instead of four one hour episodes. For sure. I also think I was just looking for something different. Like if someone were to say, oh, this is amazing. You should listen to this. I could see why they would say that. Like I get it. Yeah, yeah it's true, right? Like out of the out of the hour long episode, you might get five minutes of really new stuff that that you didn't know before the rest is a bit of repetition and just framed up in a different way but a good well, listen nevertheless it's all like what you're looking for right like it's 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 for me i'm looking to learn more about him how he writes music how he composes because that's what i'm trying to learn and what i'm trying to do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right like he mentions a part this isn't going to spoil anything but he mentions a, so part four is all about the beacon jams okay and uh he talks about how you know john fishman comes to play and then he you know he's trying to teach um some other fish songs to the drummer when when fishman drops out because he was going through his 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 personal stuff at the time when he had to go back home and he was like man he's like you know uh trey was like you get to really understand fishman because he plays those songs so nuanced that other drummers just can't play it like that and he's right it's true you're like we're trying to learn fish songs for our band and it just <laughs> You know, you're like, what's this guy? Do they have an octopus playing the drums? Like, does he, you know, it's just interesting to, to and, and like every master, you know, they make it sound so simple. They make you believe that any bozo could just pick the, the sticks up and do it. But it's just done so well that you're like, well, fuck, man, I can't play this. Not even close. Yeah, I think we've talked about that in the past, that masters always make it look easy. That's one of the things that they do. Co companies that are great at things make it look easy. It's, uh, yeah, I forget what the term is, but he has the ability to move all of his limbs independently from one another in different time signatures if he chooses to. And it's practice, practice. Like they say, he's a master class when it comes to practicing and setting up the kit and tuning his, tuning his drums. He's just on another I mean, level. You, I mean, you hear, you heard the... I, I think when I was listening to the the other one that came out, you know, like you would like drop out in college. This is college. So this is like, I don't know, 40 years ago. So picture 40 years of practice, you know, he would wake up and drop acid and go back to sleep and wake up and just play the drums all day. Like that was like his life in college. 
right? So, you know, to, to have the expectation of like, well, I've been playing drums for like two years for like two hours a day. Okay, mm -hmm. well, when you've been playing for 40 years for six and a half hours a day, yeah. then, you know, maybe you can, maybe you can do this. Think about just what you said about when he was in college. Think about how big of a gamble that was. Like the likelihood of bands making it. Let's be real. Obviously, this is a special group of four and a lot of really uh, 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 lucky and serendipitous things would have needed to happen for them to get to where they are. But that's like most bands don't make it. How, like it's, it's very somewhat reckless. But it's also you go, wow, that's, that's the best time he could have spent. That's the best investment he could have done for what became his future. But uh, well, I think of it. And again, feel free to disagree. This is uh, like I, I look at these lessons, you know, and I, and I think of the stuff that I've gone through. I think it's when you're parenting kids, um, at least what I'm thinking, like we need to teach them certain things, right? Like we need to teach them to be good people. And by good people, I don't mean kindness. I think, uh, I think kind is, is, is overrated. Uh, I think it's important to be kind, but you have to learn how to be responsible to pay your bills and do this stuff. I think college is a time, late 20s to 20 to 30, I think that is a decade where you should try and fail the most amount of stuff possible. Because if you got it even reasonably together by 30, you can still make it out. But at least you would have had the knowledge that you went for it. You did what your heart wanted to do. Because I look at people now, I meet adults, and even some of the stuff that I wussed out on when I was a kid, those are all my regrets. Uh, right? And I just see older people, you know, moving around um, full of regret. Yeah. Full of regret. And it's just, it's the, it's the most awful thing that I you know, cause you can't go back. Right. So I'd rather that my kids take the shot when they're 20 or 30, you know, now is the time to like take acid and, and play the drums all day and you'll figure it out by 30. Like you're like, shit, man, well I'm 30 and this isn't working out, but because my parents taught me like a responsibility and, and to take action and stuff, I'll get it together. Interesting. Interesting. I, it's obviously you saying that there's a lot of thoughts there. You make me reflect on my twenties and the risks that I took. And when I think about, uh, I guess, bringing it back to the podcast in terms of musicians and their ambition um, at that age, that's probably the most, when I think of that age of mine, it was probably the riskiest I was. I, and it's probably the most, probably the time where I had the most energy, you know, like I, I, I was immediately reminded of, and this fact was dropped on me a couple of years ago, and I can't get it out of my head, that every album the Beatles made, they made before they were 30. And when John Lennon was asked about it, he said, I'll never be that young and that energetic again. Like, a, like that, was, that was just part of how it was. And they took a lot of chances. And for them, it really, really worked. But that, that's an interesting take. I think you it definitely runs parallels with my life in terms of when things were really kind of got going. I didn't really get things settled until my late 20s or early 30s. But I took a lot of chances and did a lot of things. And I don't have any regrets about that. It was tough at times. Now it's different, right? Now, like... I want to be a musician. I want to write music. But now it's like, well, shit, I brought these two kids into the world. They didn't yeah. ask to be born. They didn't ask for my permission. I have to provide for them. Yeah. I have a, a relationship with a woman that's top priority in my life. So I don't want to sacrifice that. So now I'm doing like stupid shit, like waking up at 4.30 in the morning and playing the guitar for an hour before we come to work, right? Because I have to find time to practice. Like, it's fun. I get energized by doing it, but I'm like... Yeah fuck man what the hell was i doing when i was a kid why was i so scared you know yeah yeah but that's you know 
the world's a funny place, right? Your perception of it changes as time goes by and, and, the, and the bar and the expectations move. The bar moves up and it moves up at a different pace for everybody. You know, and it's, it's, uh, and you think about where we grew up and, and the world, like that kind of stuff seems so far away, right? There weren't many people coming out of London, Ontario, making it as a, you know, as a musician, whatever else. There's a small scene there for sure, but you don't, you, you're not around it. You're way more likely to make it as a hockey player than anything else. But here's what's funny, you know, and this is what we were never taught. I, re- I distinctly remember I was, it was in university, it was like first or second year, and like I had some, it was awful, man. I was studying a lot and I just had enough. And I remember I was playing video games downstairs and my dad comes down and he goes, uh, and he goes, what are you doing? And he goes, uh, and I go, I'm taking a break. And he goes, well, don't take too much of a break. The books aren't going to read themselves. Mm-hmm. Little did he know that in, you know, the Fortnite champion of America got paid $2 million. Oh, yeah. So you can't predict where the market's going to go and what's going to become popular and what's going to become available, right? So it's just interesting, you know, that, that, that mentality of like that fixed mindset of almost like, well, this is the way that it has to be, right? right? And that's, you know, and I think that's a really powerful insight that I had in my life. I don't know where the world's going to be in 10 years. Right. So I'm just going to spend my time focusing on things that make me happy. Like while meeting my, at this point, at this point, right? So it's different now. As an adult, you have responsibilities and duties that you have to do. So I'm still going to meet those requirements. But like as a kid, the conversation to the children is going to be like, listen, just go for it. You'll figure it out. I think it's a good message, especially. And I think when you look at anybody, for the most part, um, who's really kind of made it on that level, who's broken through in the creative world, business world or whatever, for the most part, they had parents that had that similar mindset, right? They were supportive of them. Like when you, you know, you hear all these interviews from everybody, it's always, I was very lucky. I had somebody, Trey's mom and, and dad, I mean, embracing music and, you know, all that stuff. His dad really pushed him in hockey, but obviously uh, uh, there was some overlap there and definitely taught him a lot of things. So um, I think it's interesting. I, I, I think there's definitely something to be said for that. And time will, time will tell to see how that all goes for the kids. And totally. it's going to be wild time. The 2030s, man, watch out for it. It's going to be wild. 2040s. You think we'll be able to see fish in 2040? I hope so. Nin- 19 years from now, they'd be what? In their early 80s? I mean, late, late, I mean, late 70s? I mean, they're healthy. And I think health, you know, from what I've read, I think health is an important aspect to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I look at, uh, I look at Dead & Co. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Bobby Weir looks awesome, man. Mm-hmm. You know, he looks healthy. He's in his 80s. Hey, money, money is the best lotion. <laughs> money is the best lotion. Dude, you know? isn't, it, isn't it crazy that, um, so there is a, uh, a friend, a friend of ours, she went to go see the dead she followed dead around in the early 90s okay and uh jerry garcia it it was 10 years older than we are now when he died Hmm. isn't that weird to think about that's weird 51 yeah he's like 51 53 something around there yeah when i hear those types of things it makes me just like go like huh um like it's been and we'll segue a little bit but uh this fall be 20 years since we saw Oysterhead, right? In 2001, October of that year, I want to say. And uh, it doesn't feel like it. 
No. It's uh, time is a funny thing. The more you experience it, the shorter it seems. Um, so Oysterhead, you've listened to that? Oh, buddy. I, uh, so a couple things that, uh, that really stuck out. Uh, number one, I love, I love Oysterhead. Mm. I love, I love that project. Mm. Um, I love Les Claypool. I was reminded, I've been listening to nothing but Primus since I've heard, I heard the first note. Um, I love Les Claypool. He was so prepared to play. It didn't sound like it. It got off to a shaky start, man. Oh, it yeah. Off, it, oh, I think so. It got off. It sounded really shaky to me. I was like, what the hell? And then as the songs kept coming, you know, I mean, obviously the highlight was Southbound Pachyderm into 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 first tube. Yes. Um, you know, I thought they were going to play Southbound Pachyderm. Cause I just hit play and I was like, Oh fuck, here we go. This song is awesome. And he busts out first tube. I lost my mind. Yeah. Hearing, hearing Stuart Copeland's take and drumming on that compared to both Russ Lawton and Fishman, uh, very different, got a very different style. And I kind of liked it. There was parts that kind of threw me off a bit, but it was really interesting to listen. Well, to. I thought it was, I thought because they're both, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Les Claypool can play everything. He can be a groove based bassist. He can, you know, he can, he can go off and solo, but um it was nice to hear him play it. It sounded incredible. And it was nice to hear Stuart, Stuart Copeland's version. I, th- I thought he's, I thought they smashed it. I thought that was one of like the best versions of that song. Yeah, ever. Cool. Oh, really? Wow. It's cool. Um, yeah, I felt the same way, but the shaky start, I was like, oh boy. And then I kind of got thinking like, this is a, this is a one-off gig at a festival. How much preparation time would they have had together? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, so it almost felt at times like there was a bit of a sound check going on on stage. Um, they had a few hours. What's that? That was the other takeaway, right? It was just how how meshed and gelled the members of Fish are. Oh, sure. They, right? yeah. like you're, just, you're just blown. Like you could. I mean, even in like in in the leads and like when they jammed, it was very. It was very minimal on purpose, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know. The, the and and again, I get it all, and I loved it, and it was awesome. But you could really, it was really obvious the differences and and how just they they've just lacked the time to get together and and to play. But it was still yeah. like awesome. Oh, so yeah, I I found it was very much. I was really trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody who was there live, who had been there all day at that festival, going through all the bands, having a good spot, not wanting to leave it. I'm sure that was going on versus listening to it in the in the pockets in the couple pockets that I listened to it in and I found like at times looking at it not being there very far away thinking that they were really trying to stretch it and fill that two-hour set they didn't have two hours (laughs) they just didn't and there was all the ambient noises and stuff in between songs and the tension release are really trying to get that going and it delivered at times right like they you know uh, there was when they got going into the songs into the groove it was good but i just found like too often the three four minutes in between which when they start like that got me going when they started right away for mr oysterhead so i was thinking that but then I started reading what people were saying and they were loving it when they were there, right? It, 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 I don't know if Corona was doing the lights, but the lights looked awesome. Yeah. And we know how much of a stage presence those three have. Like for three guys to fill up the stage the way they do with presence and the sound when Claypool gets marching around and do, like, it's awesome. It's yeah. really, really great. That's still, when we saw them in 2001, that's, that's still in my top five shows that I've seen. And I've been to well over hundreds of concerts. Like it's still very very memorable so no suicide oh 
Oh, buddy. Yes. And I was also reminded, thank you for segueing me. Uh, I was also reminded how much I love those songs. Those are excellent yeah. songs. Yeah. Another album would be, and maybe it's asking for a lot, but even like an EP, they could cut four or five new tracks would be awesome. Awesome. Just pepper it every couple of years. Do something. Be awesome. Yeah. It was again, like for all it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, you know, it's, it's very, it's very fish. It's very Trey esque in the sense that the, the mistakes are so forgivable because the stuff that's done well is just, it's done so well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really good. So um, yeah, I'm gonna go back and listen to some old, old, older Oysterhead shows. Like I remember, I was trying to think about the little brief tour they did just before everything got canceled with COVID last year, last February, I wanna say is when they were going on it. Um, they, were, they, were, they were hitting a pretty good groove because they had a few shows in a row and they were, you know, the sets were the sets were a bit longer and there wasn't as much of the filler. Like they were, they were really going. So they probably had time. I mean, fish was off. Right. So they probably had time to like get together and to rehearse and to, and to practice. Yeah. Would make a huge difference. Huge difference. I mean, they're pros clearly they can throw it together and deliver a good show, but now, did you happen to watch the stuff that people posted uh, with Trey's appearance with uh, so good, man. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Rock and roll. Yeah. She's a beast. She plays a mean guitar, that lady. Yeah. yeah, I actually, this morning, I showed it to Grace and uh, my daughter. She's turned five, right? Uh, on yeah. Sunday. And uh, 4th of July, baby. And um, she thought it was awesome. She opened up her eyes because she is, I, I'm always showing fish, right? On TV, she doesn't see a lot of women playing the guitar. Yeah. And she was like, whoa. And she has, um, just for birthday, for like a little toy thing. She has like an inflatable guitar, just thing that you blow up. She grabbed it right away, started, started jamming on it, right? That. That's like, the equivalent of the poster up on the wall so yeah she's musical i think i think she'll want to get into uh, playing something i just don't know what oh buddy i think everybody's musical man i think just it goes undeveloped you know mm. i think everybody i think everybody has just a natural rhythm gets, uh, gets beat out of them sometimes unfortunately you think so i don't know i've met a few people in my life that do not have rhythm just cannot and tone deaf a combination of the two and the two people that I'm thinking of specifically more than anybody are my dad and uh the guy that owned and ran the camp that I worked at for five years Phil Sears Phil Sears <laughs> oh poor guy we had to teach him how to do jumping jacks oh man so I'll tell you a quick little story about this guy Dave so Dave Dave owned the camp that I worked at and 400 kids a week would come and they would do this opening ceremonies thing. And uh, they had five or six songs that they would play in an order and there was dances to go along with it. Uh, the Proclaimers 500 Mile song was one of them. Yeah. Um, we would play, uh, why don't you build me up buttercup? So after that, he would do an introduction and do things. So he wore this head mic. Now, one day the songs are all playing. And the guy that's running the AV calls me over and puts my puts his headphones on me. He had isolated the what Dave's mic was in the headphones, but nobody else could hear it. And Dave was singing along to these songs. And I was watching him at the same time. And the tone deafness and the lack of rhythm was just, I couldn't even, I, I can't even replicate it. I couldn't make my brain get that out of sync with the song. <laughs> I just can't. And my dad was very similar. My dad could not dance to save his life. He couldn't snap in rhythm with a song. He could snap, but not on account. So I think there's a very small percentage of people that lack it, um, that maybe can never do it, but you might be right about the other one. We lose it, it gets taken out of us or we don't, it's not fostered very well. I don't know. 
like I don't think I don't think everyone is you know I don't think everybody has perfect pitch and can and can like hear a note and recognize it. But I think we can, I think we can all learn to do a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. You know? Like, could my dad be the guy in a band who does the triangle at the end of the song? Yeah. Yeah. I think he can pull that. I don't know. I don't know, man. Four four timing. I don't think you're asking that much for somebody to be able to like learn how to to clap or snap in time. So again, I guess I've never seen anybody that out of it. What I really hope happens to you right now or in the coming weeks is Bader Meinhof, where you discover somebody who has no rhythm and you and you click and you go, oh my God, it's exactly what Adam was talking about. Because well, like, I've seen plenty of people without rhythm, but my initial thought is, oh my God, you just haven't been around music enough. Yeah, that could be. Um, I think you're right. I don't know. I don't know how we, will, how we would ever know that. But um, last thing that I got on the menu here is... Uh, uh, a good little thread. I don't know if you read it on Reddit. A lot of, a lot of comments, a lot of opinions. And we, I touched on it maybe a month ago when I said one of the things that I would love to see for the new tour are a couple of new covers, maybe one to oh, kind of go. Oh, I've, never, I've never seen this thread. I don't know. Ah, okay. So about, what is it? Three days ago, user delayed registration posted. What is one song you'd love to see fish cover? Really basic and a question. And, uh, they wrote, I want to see a cover of Zeppelin's Tangerine. So I'll go through some of these answers. We maybe talk them through, see if you see if you like any of these. Some of them I don't know. You might know the song titles. I don't. Uh, and this got me excited right away. Kashmir slash Karini would be a dream come true. I'd like that. Makes Same, that's rhythm, rhythmically relatable. Yes. That's good. Yes. Uh, 21st century schizoid man. Yeah, that's a... Uh, oh, you should check that song out. That's a good song. That's a... Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm drawing a blank. Someone wrote, this almost seems too obvious, would be awesome, and then the whole album would be so sick. King Crimson. That's a King Oh, Crimson. okay, okay. Yeah. Um, Echoes. Uh, oh. And then someone asked for metal for Halloween. A Pink Floyd album would be cool for Halloween, for sure. Uh, I, I would cry. Um, safety Dance. Is that you can the, dance uh, if you want to, I'm thinking. <laughs> Is that how it is? I, I'm pretty sure it is the safety dance. Yeah, I think it is. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your uh, uh, Rasputin by Boney M. Rah, rah, Rasputin. Do you know the story about Boney M? Do you know the guy behind Boney M and what, what Boney M is? I forget the guy's name, but he was the guy who created and wrote the songs for Millie Vanilli. Are you In addition to Rasputin, he created Millie Vanilli. I forget his name, a European music producer. And uh, yeah, strange, strange guy, but strangely talented in his music writing ability. Rasputin was a group that he put together. He wrote the song, or Boney M, and they came out with Rasputin. Uh, what else we have on here? Life's Been Good by Joe Walsh. City of Tiny Lights. Frank Zappa. Okay, see. Oh, we got, oh, I, I listened to that Zappa thing. We haven't even talked about that yet. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about that. Uh, more more Zappa, Inca Rose, Charlena, Watermelon, and Easter Hay. Oh, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, entire album, Chilies. Could be interesting. Can you imagine them jumping around? Give it away, give it away. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be bold in my no, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Do no. you imagine? Fishman would do it. Fishman would do it 100%. Oh, Fishman, Fishman, I'm pretty sure Fishman's been naked multiple times on yeah, stage. Yeah. yeah. The other three, not so much, but they could do like nude suits. So I'm going to go ahead in my bold prediction now and say I'm, I'm going to be super bold. If they cover something, sorry, when they cover something, it's going to be more modern. They're going to go modern. I think so. 
I would think so. modern. I think with I think with Trey stepping on stage with a young artist, um, you know, I think they're leaning more to um, shining the light on songs that they think are excellent. Yeah. And they probably think that the artist isn't getting their 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 the attention that they should be getting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. As much as I'd love, as much as we'd all love to see a Frank Zappa cover, because that would just be incredible, like a new one. I think we're going to start to see more like new stuff. Okay, we'll see. Well, yeah, of course we'll, we'll see. Of course we'll, we'll hold see. you to that. Let's see what happens. Um, what else is in here? Uh, <laughs> Good vibrations, shake it up by the Cars, Cortez the Killer. Dude, oh, Matthews used to cover that. That's it's awesome. But, yeah, it's good, but I don't know. It's, it's okay. Uh, Althea. I don't think they'll ever cover the dead again to well, be honest. Well, after Terrapin Station, like wasn't that sort of the sort of crowning like that it was a 98 that they did that Terrapin Station for the first time? 95 when Jerry died. It was 95? Yeah, Jerry died in 95 and they played Terrapin Station when they heard of, about it. I'm pretty sure. They when I they remember hearing I forget what podcast. I think it was on Undermine when they did it or it might have been beyond the scales. Um they did it in 98 like years after he died okay. around his birthday and it was sort of a like finally we can cover the dead we've done our, our our own thing long enough now after about three years of jerry being gone i'll have to find that out yeah you're, you're probably right again I know, I know not to doubt you on dates um totally. but again like with the history of like how the band started you know the comparisons to the grateful dead and then that cover i don't think we'll ever hear a dead cover again yeah, yeah. why why but you never know um apostrophe by zappa oh that'd be awesome that's a great you know all these songs so um yeah i would check out that thread there's some fun stuff in there nothing really crazy um i listened to zappa 73 halloween uh really enjoyed it and i'll be honest the only thing i didn't really like were vocals i love the music the lyrics and vocals kind of whatever but the music was uh i really enjoyed it and you can clearly make correlations to influences with trey's writing and, and fish's playing like it's it's uh yeah, really enjoyable. I, I liked how unpredictable it was. And I kept thinking about like Frank Zappa himself and what would go on in his mind. Like, wouldn't it be like he had such a such an, an idea and a vision of what he wanted to hear and how he wanted to hear it? I think it'd be really interesting to get inside of that for a couple of days and experience what that would be like. It might be a bit torturous, but I kept thinking about that. Like, God, this is coming out of one guy and he's coordinating all this stuff and he's demanding this from these people. There was always, I always got a sense of most of the time what he was hearing in his head never really got fully expressed. There's always like that sense of like bitterness that it's not the way that I heard it, you know, and I don't even know if it was, I don't know. I think sometimes you, and you could tell like there's, there's just one, there's a, not the documentary that came out. There's one that came out previously that did a that looked specifically when he worked with the philharmonic in london yeah and, and there's a scene it's just beautiful there's a scene where they're doing like the rehearsal and they're playing the music you know that he painfully made these charts out and he's just sitting it's just him in the audience listening and he's just sitting back like this and the look of joy on his face just made you happy for him mm. that at this time something that he's put 60 years is finally happening and he loves the way that it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, tough, tough for me to relate to that, but pretty inspiring at the same time. Yeah. Me too. You know, I, I much rather, I would, 
tend to I would tend to be more like Trey. I like people's contributions. I like uh, I like their energy. You know, I like what other skilled people can bring to a conversation. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no, I, I, I fell in love with like, that was just a good reminder. I haven't listened to Frank Zappa's music in a long time, but that show was just outstanding. I'm like, man, these guys are just doing it. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Really incredible. I love, love the rhythm changes, the skill, the skills of the drummers in his bands. Like it, they're just when, you know, when we saw them in Buffalo in 2006, uh, when Dweezil was playing Zappa, it's the first thing I picked up on was I, I, was, I watched the drummer the whole night. It's just oh, so Terry, Bozio. So that Terry Bozio, man. That's like all time. That's an all time drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Really incredible really incredible um yeah it's crazy to think that music like that exists and so many people are just unaware of it have no clue they don't even know it's too bad or that or that they don't yeah i totally agree like i hear it and i'm like oh my god what like i don't know man i i get you know i get i get frustrated i i get frustrated because everything that's popular i mean fine some of it's really really good but it's it's similar you know, in the sense that it's made on purpose to evoke certain emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, or to sell. Yeah. 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 That's a bummer. But anyway. Oh, but yeah, I'll be definitely, uh, you know, if you want to recommend any more Zappa listens, send it, send it my way. Now that I put it in, you know, I listen to that whole album. Now my Apple Music is <laughs> pumping, pumping Zappa my way. His last, his last US show was one of the ones that was recommended. Um, what yeah, it, it's funny. It's it's funny. I I feel the same about like some of the lyrics and the vocals. Like Fish's lyrics have like, I don't mind anything that that Fish sings anymore. I think it's all great. But some of the some of the Zappa stuff, I find uh, I don't know for lack of better terms, it's some of it's cringeworthy for me. Like I don't love it. Well, and that's what I kind of meant. Like when I was thinking about the names of the songs and the lyrics that were in there and how bizarre they were and then you listen to the music go along with it that's why i was like what is going on in his head how is he connect what's the vision he's connecting this like penguin or whatever it is to this music how what is he seeing like i that that's that's you know what i was thinking of a lot of while listening to it and, <laughs> and maybe it's just completely random and it's meant to make me do that i don't know but either way i kind of like that mind fuck a little bit now I have it in my head, just like a penguin in bondage, boy. Yeah, I'm talking about it. Okay. Or is it just supposed to be farcical? I don't know. Like, I don't know. He never said anything. At least I, you know, I haven't like gone back and 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 this was, you know, it would have been really interesting. He had a lot to say. I think he really would have enjoyed podcasts and uh, mm-hmm. and having his voice heard. You know, I think he. I think he knew the game really, really well, and and he would have done, you know, stuff to to remain relevant. And, and he would have had a good podcast. Like he would have had a really good one if he did like a like a monthly, just you know, Zappa's take on things. Oh my, the state of the world now. Oh my God, could you imagine? I'd listen. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd say, I'd, yeah, I'd want to know what he'd have to say. Well, he's assuming you know, he's the same guy that you know. He, yeah, yeah, well, he's, the, he's that classic example, right, of love. Like, he's super interesting because you never know what the hell's going to happen. So you got to pay attention. Right. Right. Half the time you're shaking your head going like, what the fuck? Like, honestly, like, if you were to go, so just out of sake of interest, go listen to there's a Halloween from 83 that's on there, too, with Steve Eyes in the band at this point. It sounds much different. I prefer the 70s stuff a lot more than the 80s stuff because there's some of the instruments that he started using i didn't love the sound of them okay um and uh i don't know i like the 70s songs better I, you know i think there's just more rock sound cool but, 
I don't recommend it. I recommend you listen to the Minutemen, though. That's an yes, awesome. Yes, that's the only thing I didn't get to from last week. So I will. Uh, I'll I'll add that and listen to it tonight. We have uh, we have some reprieve, eh? Like we have like a break now. We have like a listening break. Like there's a pause. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wrapped up uh, uh, 2011 the new year's there that's all done so i'm just finishing up the first show of 2012 they took a good six months off first show of 2012 wasn't until june the 7th um so yeah excited to get get into a whole new tour and big uh big difference hey from 2010 to 2011 yeah oh yeah like big difference because when you go back one of the things that i find super interesting there was a thread on reddit um you know the uh, people talking about when i got back on the train 2011 was that year for a lot of people mm. like a lot of people heard 2009 when they released joy and they went on tour and they were like this is not for me anymore this is a different band yeah yeah it's it's 2011 was good it, it, it felt a lot more like fish you know a lot more uh open jamming fun just connecting with the crowd in a different way hijinks um all of that stuff super ball was good um which just celebrated its 10 year anniversary over the weekend, uh, which was all over the reddits of the world. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. And I'm excited for what's to come. Cause I know, you know, songs that will debut and uh, 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 Tahoe tweezer and it, just all these things that are kind of peppered in there that I'm going to, going to get to. It's cool to be uh, it's cool to be in it when it's happening, you know, like it's, it's uh, it's yeah. I, I like that. I like that. You know, we're together when it's happening so we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. before this stuff would happen and who the fuck was i gonna tell about it nobody cared <laughs> i got nobody else to talk to about it either megan megan puts up with it she tolerates me but she's still not she's like oh yeah okay well now, well, now i got you and rochelle like rochelle's in like she's listening all the time she's like oh my god this you know Is much, she like, much like where you were you know about two years ago okay just discovering a lot of stuff listening all the time yeah yeah so. is she excited for tour she is excited for tour. I think she's, uh, I think to be honest, knowing her, I think she is a little bit, she still likes variety a lot. Mm. Like even with her music, right? Even if it was uh, electronic trance music, she wants something different. So I think she's fearful that it's going to be a bit overwhelming. I could see that. Yeah. You know, very myopic in, 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 in what we're listening to. So I have to be cognizant. You know, you always have to know your audience and who you're presenting it to. So I just have to be careful um, what I'm listening to and, and what I'm talking about because then you don't want to turn it the other way. Yeah, it, it is going to be tough because on average for the tour, you're talking five shows a week, right? You're, you're talking a couple of midweek and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday sort of run. Um, and, you know, that's, that's what, 13 hours of content to listen to? Well, I mean... The nice thing. Too far behind and trying to stay. Yeah, so that's tough. I get that. And I think it's going to be tough for both of us, but... Let's oh. be honest. That's a good problem to have. I, think I that- agree. I agree with everything. I think the, I don't think every show will get watched. I know every show will get listened to. Hmm. Oh yeah. 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 That's a given. It's a given. All right. My phone's blowing up. Oh my God. The workday's starting. All right. Let's get out of here. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, keep it fishy. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. You like that? No. Okay. <laughs> Smash the like button. Rate us. Vote you and have a great week stay cool you've been listening to ticket to Henge. in addition to wherever you find your podcasts you can find us on instagram youtube and of course ticket to where you can grab a free chapter of the book how to get your friends into fish 
Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.